because <laughs> now now is the time to, to determine whether you are the Jets or the Bengals, right? Yeah, <laughs> the uh, we need the Jets to start winning games for sure. Atlanta, they could draft a quarterback. We need them to win games. <laughs> the Giants, everyone just needs to start winning except us. <laughs> Welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. This is Bentley Brown. I'm at Will Brown on Twitter. Joining me via call is Asad Asan. Asad at that young Asad on Twitter. What's up, man? And make sure to follow the Drunken Jaguar at Drunken Dragwar. Asad, do you buy that we could have won this game? I mean, it seemed like we should have won the game, but I feel like that's loser talk in a way, right? Oh, we should have won. I don't know how to feel, man. It's it's tough feeling. We went into halftime down 10-7. Uh, and then the game just kind of more or less got away from us after that. One of the main stories around this one is, I guess as of this week, the Jaguars will be on their fifth kicker. Hauschka was out there missing field goals. It's it's. Uh, I feel like me or you could have had a at least an equal shot of making some of those. <laughs> it was actually kind of funny, though, in a way. Not at the time, but looking back at it, it was kind of funny. And if we had made field goals and uh, converted in the red zone, too, we had some a bit of trickery in the red zone that, that backfired on us. Um, and likely because we weren't confident in our kicker, we definitely would have scored more. We would have scored more earlier and likely would have changed the name of the game because the Texans then can play with the lead, which means that they don't have to take as many risks both offensively and defensively, and the ball game goes in their favor. Even when it comes to Gardner Minshew, like they're making this guy and this team play from behind every single week. Like they, they've had a they've had leads, but it's been for a couple minutes, and they've let the opposing team go down and score. Happened again. We were up, what was it, seven three? I think we were up seven three, something like that. And they went down and they scored quickly, like three minute drive. It's nuts. We uh, we got some doubt with Gardner Minshew now. Uh, this is now several consecutive games with not the greatest performance. To be honest, it reminds me of last season when right before Nick Foles was supposed to come back when Minshew was dropping several games and making some pretty rookie decisions and stuff. I don't, I don't think he's at that low of a level now. It's just when we look at the question of moving forward and we're measuring Gardner Minshew to a possible high draft pick in the 2021 NFL draft. And then you start to say, eh, well, he's not going to compare to that guy, be it Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence or whomever. How do you feel about Minshew, specifically after this game? He went 31 for 49 for 300 yards, 301 yards, two touchdowns, uh, no interceptions, but QB rating was only 70. He dumped the ball down a lot, I realized, a lot to his running back. As for throwing the ball deep, he, he tried it a couple times. I mean, we saw the one to Conley where he kind of escaped the pocket and threw it on the run and left him short, which would have been a touchdown. I believe they end up scoring on that drive anyways with Colin Johnson. Shout out to his first NFL touchdown. I, it just doesn't feel right. You know, I love Gardner Minshew, but this last Sunday, watching more games and especially like the Sunday night game, you watch guys like Russell Wilson and like Justin Herbert on Monday night, a young guy, and you say, damn, I want that, you know? I want 
our Sundays to look like that. I want a quarterback that can lead my team down the field just over and over again. And like, you never feel like you're out of a game because of your quarterback. And uh, with Minshew, we've had some games like that, but it's just not consistent. And it's not to the level really where he's going to lift the team up kind of on his shoulders and pull out a victory. Right. I mean, you, you're often in praise of the Jaguars receiving core and how, you know, we don't want this receiving core to go to waste. Uh, I thought that's really interesting because, you know, there were people that were saying beginning of the season that Minshew doesn't have enough weapons offensively around him. But after what we've seen, at least in moments of the season, it seems like he does have enough weapons. The offensive line is playing well beyond expectations that we had for this year. Uh, James Robinson, obviously a, like a huge pleasant surprise at running back um, who's really helped to yeah he's playing really well uh, stabilize the offense and provide some extra extra energy I think one thing we'll dive into in a second here is that we don't think that Robinson's even getting near enough carries and, and usage on the offense and on top of that receiving core who I mean man you spread the ball around here you got like five receivers who can make really any type of play when called upon um, one of the most uh, also delightfully surprising uh, LaVisca Chenault um, who in this game had seven catches. I mean, he's up to, you know, NFL pro workload right now. So so I don't know. I think reflecting on it now, it just seems that, yeah, Minshew does have enough tools. And so that means that maybe more of that responsibility is on his shoulders. I agree. And, I mean, it seems like the offensive line is playing pretty well in pass protection as well. He seems like he has enough time. I don't know because, you know, I'm, I'm not watching the tape or anything. I don't know if the receivers aren't getting open or he's not finding them, but there's there's something going on there because it seems like he has enough time to make something happen and we're not we're not getting the production. I mean, DJ Chark's not even touching the ball. It's like they need a design place to him or something. To me, DJ Chark will never be a true number one wide receiver with Gardner Minshew, as bad as that sounds. I think he Whoa, he, that's huge. Yeah, I, I think he needs somebody you know, a really good young quarterback. And if we could draft someone, I think DJ Chark, it'll elevate his game to a level that maybe we haven't even seen yet, you know? Whoa. <laughs> this is a stark departure from uh, the that young asset of, of past here. I Okay, you know I love Gardner Minshew and stuff. I just want him to make his receivers better than they are, you know? that's Aaron Rodgers has this. Russell Wilson has this. The great quarterbacks have this ability to elevate their wide receivers. And some of these guys are like no-name wide receivers, and they elevate them, and they turn them into stars. Yeah, I don't know. A counter-argument to that is we got nine people are on the chart for receive receptions for the Jaguars uh, in this last game, and it's and the ball's spread around so evenly, it's amazing. I have this chart out in front of me. Most people have three catches, which is pretty impressive. I mean, okay, maybe they're short passes, right? Maybe we're kind of in that conservative, like we felt like our run game wasn't successful, so we start designing the pass game as if it is a run game dumping out these quick slants and screens and, and whatnot. But still, to get the ball around to all those guys, and you can definitely feel that they respect uh, Minshew. Uh, I don't know. I, I Looking at a counter-argument side, there is that perspective that if Minshew had been a first-round draft pick, that we'd still be patiently waiting as he grows and develops and becomes an even better player. And, of course, the highlight reel. You know, people like Kyler Murray – um, to an extent, maybe not anymore, but Daniel Jones last year <laughs> and currently Justin Herbert. These guys put up a you know three or four touchdown game and have some sweet throws for the highlight reel. People are singing their praises, right? 
Right. Um, and Herbert obviously, you know, didn't go near as early as what he had pro- been projected for had he had he gone to the draft a season earlier. I don't know. Do you? I mean, I guess the question here is straight up, straight up ceiling. Exactly. Potential. And that's where I'm getting. That's is, what I'm so getting at. is Gardner Minshew showing us signs that his potential is significantly lower than everyone else we have in right. this conversation? And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think Gardner can get better and better, and maybe we're a seven-win team, you know, at best. And with the defense like this. There's no way we're winning seven games, and there's no way we're a playoff team. For example, if you put Gardner Minshew on the 2017 Jaguars, I think they are probably better, right, than with Blake Bortles. But that's in the that's like the perfect situation though, which was like a perfect year for the Jaguars, basically. It's better than seven and nine. That's a lot better than seven and nine. Oh yeah, for sure. But that's the exact perfect situation. Minshew went six and six last year, not six and ten, which is important. So the idea is, yeah, someone goes six and six as a rookie. I mean, surely there's some potential learning curve over the course of maybe three years or so that helps them win another couple games from that right. six and six. How many games does he have to win this year to keep his job? Oh, to keep his job? Oh, it's over, man. It's over. It's over. I'm sitting wow. here arguing oh. devil's advocate, but I, that's <laughs> yeah, I, that's the reason why I'm arguing devil's advocate is because. Uh, I was wondering, I was like, why Why is he making these counter-arguments? I, I don't know if you believed it or not. So you think there's no way he keeps his job? Uh, it's over. I think, they, yeah, obviously, obviously the way he keeps his job is they win, like, you know, nine games in a row and make a run of the playoffs. Yeah, that's the way he which keeps is, his job. Which is, yeah, probably highly unlikely. Yeah. 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 So, but then it comes down to, like, you have to draft one. And you have to draft someone that you believe can mm-hmm. take over today, mm-hmm. you know, and watching like next season Sunday night football with Kirk cousins and Russell Wilson up there. And neither of them was like a one or two draft pick, right? They went a lot later. Yep. I believe they're both second rounders. Uh, and then seeing, seeing this year as well, some of the quarterbacks that were drafted slightly later performing well, uh, having the history of a lot of other quarterbacks. We got one deck Prescott who went down with a huge injury. Look, look, he, when he goes down the entire Cowboys nation mourns the loss of their franchise quarterback. Right. And no one would have been saying that before he his rookie season. I think that there's a lot of potential, even even if we don't do the whole tanking, right? Even if we don't wind up with the top pick or even the top five picks, that we're going to go for QB this year. Uh, and it fits with our outlook towards spending. It, it, it goes well with our idea of having a firmer grasp on salary cap um, that we won't go out and sign. Actually, I just mentioned Dak Prescott. We won't sign someone like Dak Prescott because his price would be so much that it would prevent us from bringing supporting cast around him, which would kind of defeat the point. We have a young, talented team. Yeah, you have to uh, My My consolation right now regarding Gardner Minshew is exactly what Ottawa said when he joined the podcast last week, is that when, if and when, we draft a Justin Fields, I don't know if we'll have the potential to get Trevor Lawrence. If we don't want to get uh, Justin Fields or similar, that Minshew is still on the team, still under rookie contract, still competing for the job. And I don't think it's that much of a surprise. I think even if we had Justin Fields, I think Minshew might still start the beginning of the season just for the sake of quote-unquote veteran experience and whatever uh, for removing some of the immediate pressure on an incoming rookie quarterback. And 
you know, trying things out along the road, kind of taking off, taking pressure off that season, right? We're not going to draft, even if we drafted Trevor Lawrence, we wouldn't expect to make the playoffs that year. It would be sort of a learning year, right. one of the, the year that this year we're supposed to be, <laughs> where we're excited about everyone's potential. But dude, they're gonna they're gonna start. The they're who I mean, who, if we draft quarterback top ten, he's gonna come in and start. They gave Minshew his chance. You know, he's gonna play this the rest of the season too. I mean, if they see Lawrence or Fields in camp and it's a quarterback battle, he's going to lose it. Uh, I don't know. I think Minshew would come into I don't know if they'll do a preseason next year. If they did a preseason, I can see Minshew outperforming that quarterback. Look how, look how, how much Minshew sucked in his preseason games. I mean, really bad. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, really bad. Helmet falling off, uh, which, is, which is like <laughs> an entertaining way to reveal the bandana and mustache and handlebars look, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But nah, man, I don't see. I, I mean, uh, maybe I'm being too optimistic, but I don't think it's a given that any rookie quarterback coming in starts immediately, especially if you have someone that you're at least trusting with. And I think we're super trusting of Minshew. If you look at the fact that he's even starting the season, we didn't go out and get someone other than Mike Glennon who would challenge him for the job. Glennon is never a, an actual competitor for that job. I mean, we would yeah. have signed, we had to sign an Andy Dalton kind of person to to really compete. Right. Um, so we trust Minshew. We like him. He embodies so much of the Jaguars' identity today. It's another big thing. So even on the ownership side, as long as he's not putting up a fit for not being a starter, which I can't imagine him really doing, he sticks around next year. He'll stick around. And too. with that said, the guy's a fighter, man. He's going to go out in preseason and kick ass. I think he would actually. You know, if we had the, that preseason game today with the, the the rookie quarterback, that Minshew would do would would have the first drive or two, and then they'd rest him and try out the rookie. And I think just that alone is still giving a little bit of leeway for Minshew to start. Yeah. So you say Minshew, you know, and the Jaguars' identity. I mean, the Jaguars' identity is losing, though. You know, I mean, they. Yeah, they I don't know. I don't know. They Minshew, haven't done anything. <laughs> It's not like he's, I mean, yeah, he's done good things and he went six and six or whatever, but these are not, you didn't get to the playoffs. You weren't even in the hunt. All these victories, all these victories he has, though, are marked by energy and charisma. Yeah. Yeah. There's stuff that we eked out for sure. But even those ones that were close, like the Denver game last year where we won on a field goal compared to, let's say, well, they're also some of them pretty close too. Uh, like the the Raiders game where we we that was fun. ended their run in Oakland with a victory. I mean, I can't imagine those games without seeing Minshew's pumped up, red in the face, speeches after the game. You know, trash talk, trash talking in his kind of respectful way. Uh, it's, he's part he's part and parcel of those victories. So it's going to depend, though. I mean, we're talking about who's going to start next year if it's a rookie that we draft, you know, top 10 or whatever. But it also depends what happens here in the last 11 weeks, you know, or however many weeks are left. If they don't win a game for the rest of the year, I can guarantee you he will not be the starter next year, you know. If they go out, they win four or five games, and it's a different story. So it kind of depends. There's still a long season left, so honestly, we shouldn't even be talking about the draft or who we're going to get or any of that because we have, we, yeah, or, or should, should we? we? But, you know, we ha- we have plenty of time to talk about that later on when we're actually out what are some of the good notes in our losing to the texans what are some positives you took away i remember there's some some players uh you got kind of excited for on offense yeah i got excited for chanel i thought he played well of course on defense i kept saying that Sidney jones was so good 
on Sunday. He was all over the place, man. He looked he looked better than Herndon. Solid. I'm I will be very surprised if CJ Henderson can go if Sidney Jones isn't lined up on the other side. I I think Herndon has played okay, not good enough though, and I think Claybrooks has just been really bad, unfortunately. Sidney Jones, I mean, they put him in, and when you put a guy in and he plays that well and you're a team like us, you have to keep him in the game. Like, you have to start him and see what you have there because he could potentially be a really good player that we need to use moving forward. And from what, from the looks of it, he made a couple, like, huge plays. He caused the interception. He was all over the place. He played a fantastic game. He was really the bright, bright spot of Sunday. Yep, and Sidney Jones, uh, an acquisition this year, I uh, was previously with the Philadelphia Eagles. He ran the show. He had a near interception, and he had an interception later in the game on Sunday. So I agree with you. Yeah, I think there there might be some shaking up our starting lineup in the secondary there. Speaking of the secondary, uh, Andrew Wingard goes down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the the commentators are acting like we lost one of our stars. I guess it's, it's technically true. How do, you, how do you feel about the safeties overall? guess i was like what the hell happened to him i didn't know i just saw jared wilson in the game and i was like hell yeah they bench wingard yes let's go like i was pretty excited then they you know went over to him in the broad broadcast view or whatever oh he's out with the chest injury or some shit and i was like well i think jared wilson should have been playing this whole time i think one good game which was that week one game where wingard had a, a nice performance he had a pick it won him the starting job, but like he didn't look so good. So, and Jared Wilson made a pretty nice play. I mean, it's good awareness to be there for the tip ball, and he ran it back pretty far. It was a good play. And now I would, Wingard's out next game, no matter what. So we see how Wilson plays. And if you like what he's doing more than Wingard, you keep him in. But as for safeties, you know, both of them are replaceable, in my opinion. And, um, God, our other safety, uh, Josh Jones, right? He got ejected, which was crazy because a lot of people didn't even know. And really, this whole defense, like everyone's replaceable, aren't they? Except Josh Allen's, I still have faith in him. I think he's a great player. Miles Jack, I think, is excellent. He's uh, rated the best uh, inside linebacker in football right now by PFF, which is pretty nuts. And he's played up to it. So I really want to see him back out there, but. It seems like everyone on the damn defense is replaceable. It's not good. All right. So no matter what, there's even the Jaguars signed. uh, Sorry, they traded today. Ah, I saw this. Yeah, from uh, the Titans inside the division. Kamale Correa, uh, linebacker to the Jags. So you're saying no matter what magical combo, no no matter everyone staying healthy, no matter uh, being able to finally sit wing guard. (laughs) that the Jaguars defense isn't going to be good enough this year to yeah. give the team as well as even Minshew I mean, a chance to prove themselves. It's this it's just such a weird situation we're in right now, you know. You win one game and then you c- compete the second week and like no worries, right? Like, oh shit, like the Titans went to the AFC Championship and we competed with them. Like, we'll take that loss, you know. It, it's a good loss in a way. And then the next couple games it's like they lost to teams that were all winless and they got dominated and the worst part is man saxonville is literally sacklessville it is that bad 
it is that bad. They cannot get to the quarterback with four. And when they blitz, guess what? They still can't get to the damn quarterback. I really don't know what to think about the defense. I was pretty optimistic on Sunday. I don't know if you remember, but the last couple of days I've been um, a little fired up. So, All right. Well, I'm glad to hear it. This is a good this is a safe space to channel that emotion. We all have our ups and downs. Even the most optimistic of us <coughs> said uh, can can have their, their lows with the Jags. Uh, we'll we'll still follow, right? No matter where we are in the world, still subscribing to whatever radio streaming service you can <laughs> to watch uh, preferably every minute of our Jaguars team. We want them to succeed. We got the optimism every week, but sometimes, you know what? It just freaking sucks. It just sucks, yeah. And this is just one of those weeks, man. It's like not even a fun game. to I mean, Kind of a fun game to watch for maybe the first half or something, but eventually things get away from you and you're running through scenarios just to win the game and and you realize there's not much hope and then you run through scenarios to kind of work yourself back up in the division and you realize oh my god we're only this many games back behind this team and and then yeah it also hits you not really any hope to carry that out none so let's take a look around the NFL a little bit before we talk about the upcoming game with the Detroit Lions yeah let's do it and regarding the NFL this was a these games have been fun to watch, man. People that are saying like, oh, the season doesn't count or like COVID is like painted everything meaningless, whatever. I kind of have the opposite feeling. I think like these games are, it's it's kind of a testament to the competitive spirit of players that even without fan noise or with like very little fan noise in the stadium that they, they're playing. Yeah. Like it's been with great. all seriousness, right? Just the pressure of having that other team on the other sideline really watching good. you is, is enough to get the energy levels up and trash talk and, try to outperform the person you're matched up against. It has been fun to watch. For sure. So let's start with, let's start chronologically. If we can go back to Thursday night football with uh, our couple Jaguars connections, uh, Nick Foles and Allen Robinson with the Bears pulling off a 20 to 19 victory against the Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette supported uh, Tampa Bay (laughs) Buccaneers. (laughs) Any thoughts on Foles? I, to be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't impressed this game. I thought this was kind of a, just a messy game, and the Bears were a little lucky. I mean, the game honestly wasn't very entertaining to watch. It was kind of, yeah, it was kind of a shitty football game. Nick Foles was not that good. Um, Allen Robinson once again was pretty damn good. He made a mistake where he kind of popped one ball up in the air, forced interception. Still miss Allen Robinson. Don't miss Nick Foles. Don't miss Leonard Fournette. Overall, boring game, but it was a big win for Chicago, I'd say. You know, they beat Tom Brady. They're four and one. I mean, they look decent and they look better with Nick Foles than they do with Trubisky, I would say. So, all right. Um, moving on to Sunday's games. Anything? And we have our, our rule as of two weeks now that we have to relate it back to the Jaguars somehow, which is pretty freaking easy because the NFL is a small place. Here's one. I guess it doesn't have much to do with much, but. Atlanta lost again, right? So what's that to do with the Jaguars? Uh, I-95. No, they're not on I-95. <laughs> <laughs> right? Here's what the news is. Dan Quinn out. Thomas Dimitrov out. You know, GM. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah. There's another city where that mm. sounds good in. So this is a team that went to the Super Bowl with Dan Quinn and this GM. Mm-hmm. They should have won it. Should have. Should have won. They had an MVP quarterback, Matt Ryan. During these years, they were winning football games. They were making the postseason. And finally, after Dan, you know, they were going to fire Dan Quinn last year and they ended up winning like seven straight or some bullshit like that to end the season. So it didn't look as bad. 
And finally, now they're out, they're gone. And they're, they're saying it's time, you know, to move on and find something new. Are the Jaguars ever going to do that? Cause it seems like they're never going to let anyone go. And these are going to be the coaches like for the rest of time, for some reason. Well, you know, someone's got to be whispering into shots here during this time. Someone has to be, he can go too. He needs to sell the team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm over him. I'm I'm over literally all of them. I'm, I like Doug Marone. He was our he was our first first mustache romance with Shad <laughs> before Doug. right. Yeah, he gave a pretty shady answer to the someone's asking about the Jaguars record when they were announcing the Lot J development in Jacksonville, and was just given some super like walk around response that oh well when you're losing games you wish you were winning games <laughs> and when you're winning games you wonder why you're not losing games and we really want to be winning games which uh theoretically we could be winning games couldn't we now people like that's that's pretty good actually <laughs> that was actually pretty decent i'll give that a b i'll give that one a b for shot's voice <laughs> yeah yeah i'm no longer doing the irfan khan like inspired yeah <laughs> dramatic hollywood <laughs> What also the Jaguars? Have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else around the NFL? Alex Smith is back, and I thought that was like such a cool story, man. Like seeing him back on a football field. I guess it kind of has something to do with the Jaguars because Kyle Allen, who was starting for them, was running the ball. You know, he's he's scrambling. He was basically about to go out out of bounds, and he took a mean helmet to helmet from yours truly, ours truly, Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> and yeah that's when he went out and alex smith came in it was just a i thought it was really cool after what alex smith has been through man i would have never came back to the game yeah he was out for a long time i mean even people that miss a whole season it's psychologically really tough but he was out for an even longer period of time with questions of whether or not he would make it back he had you know one of these fractures a tip fib fracture where the bone protruded from the skin eventually led to an operation he had several operations infection. Uh, sorry infection he had several operations he almost lost his leg and uh, i guess we can't mention that without without yeah without uh moving to the cowboys and giants game um the cowboys uh won this one 37 34 pretty dramatic game in terms of just the football to watch but the really dramatic thing was as we already mentioned Dak Prescott going down with a severe ankle in, uh, injury his ankle was like 90 degrees <laughs> turned from God, where it did should you watch health, the video healthfully be oh yeah i was watching and oh. tony romo <laughs> who i love tony romo's calls but tony romo i kind of pushed it on this one he's like oh it could be a cramp <laughs> oh my god tony it quickly tony. hit them when they realized <laughs> yeah and then i thought that was really personal for all of them involved right i mean to have tony romo calling that game right where jason garrett uh, the cowboys former head coach was returning to arlington uh, Texas with the as the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants they had laughs and shoving and everything before the game this is you know I'm talking about Jason Garrett and uh and Dak right when when Dak goes down Jason Garrett and you know my dad makes fun of him my dad watches all the Cowboy games and he 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 doesn't he doesn't consider Jason Garrett to maybe be the most uh Right, <laughs> consistent, uh, solid character <laughs> of times, but that Garrett's over there comes over and and as Dak is down, he's he's patting Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys' new coach, on the back uh, to console him. And I'm like, man, this is just, it's just emotionally gut wrenching. And pretty much every player on the Cowboys team came up to wish Dak good luck while they were carting him off. The guy's bawling. That was that was tough to bawling. watch. It was really really Tears. sad. It was so sad, man. 
Ah, oh, you hate to see it. One Jaguars connection I've got is that Alan Hearn suffered a similar injury. I remember I was there. It was like uh, this is two seasons ago at the very end of the season. Alan Hearns had been the Cowboys receiver that year and and had a, a pretty decent year and went down with a really gruesome injury like this. And for all these players, man, it's just so sad to watch. And that was in the playoffs too, wasn't it? Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was a nasty injury. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, those are always tough to watch, man. Goodness. And a player like Dak, um, you know, he had been franchise tagged this year and did not agree to a deal with the Cowboys. And what this might mean is that that may have possibly been the last game he will play in a Cowboys uniform, which would be really ironic and sad. I mean, it was a up to that point that he got injured. It was a it was a fun one. He was, he caught a touchdown for crying out loud, and to think that he might not reach an agreement with the Cowboys at the end of the season and then get picked up by some other team and, you know, transfer all that persona and energy somewhere else is, is kind of a, a big deal here. But I, I think I'm, I'm in the boat right now of ruling him out from the Jaguars just because I don't think they're going to spend that kind of franchise money on a quarterback, on a veteran quarterback, when they may not feel confident that the supporting cast is there to do something while that quarterback's there. I think they're definitely young, young focused and salary cap minded right now. I don't know if you have any takes on yeah, this. Yeah, definitely. No chance. No, no chance Dak comes here. I honestly think he'll, he'll be a cowboy. And I honestly think he'll be a cowboy for the rest of his career, or at least until, you know, basically it's over and he goes somewhere at the very end on a vet's minimum or something like that. But I think he's going to be a cowboy for a long time. I think Jerry Jones probably feels kind of bad too. And, I'm pretty sure he said something about, you know, like Dak still our, our guy and stuff. So I, I think he's being honest. I think Dak will be there for a long time. Yeah. I, even this moment, even even seeing the tears, right? Seeing how everybody reacts to it. Again, it, that's... It's yeah, his whole family. They're all broken up about it. Yeah. Cementing this guy's a part of the team legacy now. So yeah, they, they better find a way to keep him there. Uh, another game. Um, this was a fun one to watch. It was kind of messy in terms of like officiating and... Uh, some overturned calls and stuff was Sunday night, the Vikings with uh, our very own Jaguars X finest Yannick Ngakwe causing some trouble for Russell Wilson. Did you catch that one? And the Seahawks. Yes, I did catch it. And I bet a good amount of money on the Seahawks. And when they went down, I bet on them even more when they were down 10 (laughs) zero. Cause I was like, you know, I'm already in the hole, man. I'm just, let's just, I'm going to keep throwing it on. Just don't just don't put your your cat in the mix. Yeah. Can't ever sacrifice Jacks. He's got to stick around. He's not worth a bet. Yeah, it was it was almost at that point. It was it was bad. I was sitting there at the edge of my seat, just biting my nails, and a, a miracle happened, and and I just thought to myself, I was like, wow, what if the Jaguars had someone like this playing quarterback? Like he's incredible, man. He's unreal. Of course, he had a lot of help and stuff. DK Metcalf was great. Excellent, but what Russell Russell Wilson is cooking this year. Fun, fun <laughs> game though. Very fun game. It was like momentum shifts from like here to there. Like Minnesota just took over the game to start, and then Seattle came back, and KJ Wright had this crazy one-handed interception on mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, and then all of a sudden Minnesota's yeah, Minnesota's driving the ball down, and then they have a chance to you know seal it and they go for that fourth down instead of kicking the field goal because you know analytics and 
all this shit these days, which is actually the right decision if you think about it. If mm-hmm. I was a coach, mm-hmm. I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, because they could have they could have run the clock out. Even it wasn't even about scoring a touchdown at that point. Yeah, yeah, they just need, they needed a, a half a yard. But I, it's weird because they didn't have Dalvin Cook in so. But they believe that you know they could win up front and get that first down. It's games like these with the changes in momentum and a lot of shit happening in the course of a small amount of time that that cement in you the idea that in the NFL literally anything can happen. And it's really bad for Jaguars fans to watch these games too because you can think no matter how down and out we feel, <laughs> we can still stage that comeback. And the Seahawks scored three touchdowns, not just in the third quarter, in like – like a small section, a sliver of the third yeah, quarter. And then the so Vikings fast. went on this like massive drive. And you know, it was the way that momentum shifted was ding, back and forth, back and forth. Ding, yeah, ding, it was ding. it was one of the craziest games I've seen in a, in a long time. I kind of have a Jaguars connection here. The DK Metcalf was one of the one of the names we heard quite a lot in 2019 approaching the draft as someone the Jaguars might want to might want to pick up. At the time, we were looking to really strengthen every position group. Um, receiver was up there. Tight end is and and was and will be <laughs> up there. And here you had a receiver who's built kind of like a tight end. I mean, that yeah. guy's huge, like super muscular. Of course, he was bragging about his um, and his body fat muscle ratio and everything. I mean, he honestly he he rivals me, right? I mean, he's we're when you see DK Metcalf, you're like, is that Bentley? <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yet again, someone we passed on. It actually reminds me of Lamar Jackson too, right? So the 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 complaints with both of those athletes are that they are they're they're super talented athletes. Are they going to materialize as perennial, consistent super talents in the NFL? And I would say for both of them, like them or love them or hate them, that they they so far statistically are. Oh, Guys, both are off the charts. They're both doing great. Russell Wilson went so far as to say something like DK Metcalf is going to be his Jerry Rice <laughs> if he can become Steve Young or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> when I see players like DK Metcalf, I, I know we drafted Josh Allen. I mean, I know we had an awesome draft, but I still kind of have this feeling of like, ooh, did this person get away? You're always going to have that feeling every draft, you know, with one player or another. But I mean, I honestly did not think he was that great coming out of college i wasn't a big fan and here i am now i'm just like yes he won me money that's not why i'm a big fan but he's great and he's great with russell wilson uh do we have, do we have anything else around the nfl though well we've got the first tuesday night football game in oh, recent memory God. between the bills and the titans oh. two i guess they were both undefeated going they into were. it and our bffs the titans pulled off quite the Quite the victory. I guess that's what quarantine does for. Although I heard they weren't actually really quarantining and might have been violating NFL <laughs> regulations. And you see these teams are you know, COVID outbreaks. It's affecting the entire NFL. We're sitting there talking with Ottawa about our schedule coming up. And we couldn't even agree on what days we play teams because it was changing. It was being like live updated <laughs> in the system. Titans. The Titans won. I don't want to say anything good about yeah. them. Sorry. The Titans. Uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, they lost. But then, of course, Ronnie Harrison Pick six. That's all I had to say about that game, really. That's all you got. Yeah. One last around the NFL game before I move on to the Lions. Uh, the Ravens and Bengals. The Bengals got humiliated, really. Joe Burrow was just getting tortured, like pass rush hurried. He's on the on the ground, sacked. So why couldn't we get to him? Not not even. It seemed like they had the best offensive line in the damn league when we played them. It seems like that's how Houston seemed too. 
And Houston's whole line's not yep. very good either. We had all these expectations with Clavon uh, Chason coming on that we would have this dual threat thing. And I don't know if it's just strategy. We just haven't been able to use our set of tools or if it's the injuries to Josh Allen and Miles Jack and maybe the secondary as well. You know how like the whole defense kind of relies on each other as well. Like you, you know, good coverage means more sacks. Right. More sacks means and vice versa. You know, yeah. more chances for for interceptions and and you know, QB pressures. I mean, so yeah, it's a weird one. Another another uh, game that in light of the Jaguars losing to this team was interesting to watch. Is also the the Dolphins being led again by Fitzpatrick with 350 yards and three TDs against the 49ers. They beat 43 to 17. That was that was. A, yeah, they killed them. Yeah, I've, I've been yeah. telling people the Dolphins are not a bad team, and they're really well coached. Mm-hmm. They, when Tua gets in there eventually, and if he ends up being pretty good, and this team start you know keeps getting better and better, they're they're a decent team, man. They really are. So moving on to the Lions, we're gonna play the Lions on Sunday. They had a bye this last week. They are one and three. So record wise, they're kind of uh, in our range. They're at our level. They lost that close one the first week of the season to the Bears, uh, 27-23. And that was where I think they had like a dropped, easy drop mm-hmm. touchdown that would have yeah, won the DeAndre game. Swift. They then dropped one to the to the Packers. They got creamed. It was 42-21. They beat the Cardinals by a field goal and then lost to the Saints in a one-score game. So next up is the Jaguars. How do you feel about this one? For me, I, I still think any, theoretically, like on paper, NFL teams might be really imbalanced, but when they meet up, really anything can happen. Just a matter of how likely it is that something oh my goodness. will happen. Do you think the Jaguars have a chance to win this game? If I was a betting man, which I am, I never bet against my team, but I would take the Lions and the points, a thousand percent. And your buddy, Matt Stafford, a uh, long, long friend you know, of yours, Long, long time friend. Yeah, high school friend. Uh, I taught him everything he knows, just for those who are catching up to the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not really, not really. I actually had a conversation with his predecessor, Bill Ferran, in the bathroom. That's all I remember. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you, so you're kind, of, you're kind of friends, right? Your your friend's going to have uh, 600 yards, five, uh, 500, a 500-yard game on Sunday is my guess. <laughs> we will not be able to stop their offense. Their defense is, you know, they're young, they're not that good, and the Lions are considered a pretty bad team as well. Actually, I just heard on the radio today, I was listening to Fox Sports Radio, and something came up about how like we're the first team in history to have like five kickers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were talking and they were talking about the Jaguars playing the Lions this weekend. And they're like, the matchup of two teams who you'll never see matched up in a Super Bowl ever, which was pretty mean of them to say. And they also called it the Toilet Bowl. Mm. So I don't know which one's worse. That I guess that tells you all you need to know about the matchup coming up on Sunday. It tracks from whatever happens, too. So even if the Jaguars is able to do something of merit, it's like, yeah, well, you're playing the Lions. So but that's what we've been saying for the last several weeks, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're playing the Bengals. Yeah, well, you're playing the Dolphins. If we can beat them, that would be huge because we'd have to win in a shootout is what I would think. Yeah, so. yeah. then we'd be 2-4. and four. It'd be the classic story of like the Blake Bortles era. We're like 2-4. and four. We can pull off one more victory, three and four. Then like three and four. That's like, it's like almost playoffs record right there. Three and four, three and four. Remember that one year we're three and four, and then we finished uh, eleven and five. And, uh, well, guess what? So we started our schedule off pretty easy. So like you know, it's gonna get tougher later in the year. It's like, hey, do we want to win this game or do we want to just keep losing? I want us to win every game. 
I mean, I'm still rooting for us. I hope we win. I hope Gardner gets it going. I hope DJ gets more looks. I, w- I want to see something coming together, you know, it's like something something brewing up, but not enough brewing up to keep the coaching staff around. If we revisit our conversation from the very beginning of the season where we're talking about whether or not Doug Marone stays and Caldwell stays kind of regardless, one of my conditions was <laughs> as long as they're not overtly effing up games that they could have otherwise reasonably won which is what's happening yeah and i think we're getting into that territory yeah exactly we could have gone three and 13 but like a good three and 13 yeah (laughs) like you know we're losing the games we need to lose we should lose by a lot you know but and then we're winning some surprise games here and there and there's overall good decent locker room mentality. can't really have great locker room mentality as long as you're on massive losing streaks but i think we could have kept the guys around in that case right now it does seem like we are dropping games that we could have won. Complicates our whole perspective on the Jaguars too, because like you're saying with this Texans game, you're like, you know, we sh- we still should have won. <laughs> we should have won, yeah. And I I don't disagree. I I predicted the game at thirty one thirty, and to be honest, had we had Josh Lambeau out there, thirty one thirty seems pretty reasonable. Would have changed the nature of the game. Definitely, and we would have been playing with the lead for a lot of that game. And we would have trusted our kicker, yeah. Yeah, and we're not used to saying, oh, had our kicker been out there, it would have been different, right? Because we're so used to Lambo being automatic that it's other elements of our game to work on. In this case, though, man, and that's very demoralizing to go down the field, miss a field goal, go down the field, miss a field goal, go down the field, feel like you can't kick a field goal, miss a fourth down conversion, turn the ball over. All of that would have been avoided. And and they're forcing turnovers, which like if you're forcing two turnovers, you know, like your chances to win a game, they go way up, especially when they're forcing Mm -hmm. them and you get back into, you know, plus territory where like you're in scoring position right off right off the turnover and you're still not getting points off of them. That it makes no sense. Right. Well, it makes no sense on that note. (laughs) I think it's time to call this episode a close. It has been a blast. It's good to catch up with you as always. Um, Bentley Brown. I'm at Weld Brown on Twitter. Um, that young as said. Um, <laughs> You're a said. I'm a said at that young as said. Sorry, my my spirit my spirits are down today, man. Um, hopefully on Sunday they'll go back up, but no promises. Follow us on Twitter at Junkin Dragwar for the Drunken Jaguar. We look forward to our next week's episode. Uh, hoping for a Jaguars victory. Knock on wood and whatever this uh, plastic metal material is right here. <laughs> on that note, go Jags. Go Jags, man.